The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Monday, June 14th, and it's time for a mailbag. That's right. It's a mailbag with the super friends, myself, Ryan Wilson, and John Breach. What's up, boys? Hey, hey, hey. I'm reading, actually, the first mailbag question, and I'm dying laughing. It's so funny. I thought, actually, it was a promo that Debo put in there for you, but it's actually a real question from a real listener. So it does I'm read like for- that. It does. Yeah. It's just another mailbag Monday. Ooh, I wish it were a Sunday. <laughs> Close it's a Friday. <laughs> every day is a Friday for you. Yeah, every day is a Friday for me. You know it. Anywho, uh, if you're if you're watching on YouTube, hanging out on YouTube, hit the like button. If you hit the like button, it helps us out. Just boop, boop, boop. Click that like button. Smash boop, that boop. thing. Bah! Boop, boop, boop. Yeah. We have a uh, mini camp news and notes, more mini camp news and notes podcast that will be coming up. There's football kind of being ha- played, happening, some things to take from it. So we're going to analyze that before we get into the real dregs of the offseason. And Debo and I peace out for our vacations and leave Wilson and Breach to figure out what the hell to do around here. Uh, you can also check out the Pick 6 newsletter. John Breach doesn't take any days off. He's like Bill Belichick. No days off. Asked, actually, you're a lot like Bill Belichick because you say no days off. But there's a huge asterisk with everything you've done because you do take a day a week off and you're going to leave for Cancun in the middle of the season next year. Mm. You know what, Brenton? You got to re-energize. That's just how life works. I know that you don't take any days off. I talked to your wife. She said you have not taken a single day off uh, during your 10 years together. That's true. <laughs> I take weeks off. Weekends off. <laughs> uh, anyway, go check it out. Go to sports.com slash newsletters and you can check out John Breach's newsletter. Let's get into the mailbag questions. Mailbag. This is from Ryan from London. Mailbag. Do you like 74 minute NFL podcasts that talk about football for approximately 38 minutes? <laughs> then this is the podcast for you. I don't even think he's wrong. Just kidding, Benson. Nice. <laughs> this guy's crushing it. I'm uh, starting to think those aren't typos. <laughs> I'm starting to think so too. I'm a UK based huge pick six pod fan. Thanks for the quality quantity and quality of the content i listen every day and i listen to you guys talk about anything my question is if you could create a super team but using only players from one division which division would you choose caveat you have to take an even number of players from each of the four teams not just the top team bonus questions if all eight divisions did this what division would win a super team style playoff tournament it's a lot going on here breach you want to go first you want me to go first um i'll go first and i'll pull the old uh, Sean bleeping bleep where well Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl I am taking the division with Patrick Mahomes because I want Patrick Mahomes as my quarterback I will build everything else around that so I'm taking the AFC West guys they are out Okay, um, do you want to go ahead Brenton or do you want me to go uh, I mean you can go ahead if you want I, I would just say that I mean that's not a bad choice at all obviously no it's an obvious choice that's yeah, it's not a choice you go so you go Mahomes Kelsey Hill 
Um, and then you can certainly build a well, really yeah, good... if it's a 53 man roster, you're getting well, so 12. You'd be doing 22 here. You get, well, a 53 man roster, you get 13 players from each team. Because maybe you build the back end of your roster from yeah, the Raiders, yeah, I, put special just, teams players for, from Raiders, and then you know take the Chiefs' entire offense. Yeah, that that would have an impact on I think on what your choices would be from team to team. But like you could take the Broncos and the Chargers and toss in Honey Badger, and you'd have a pretty sick defense. Honey Badger for the Chiefs. Oh right, I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah, I forgot yeah, about so that. You, so I mean, so you, for the AFC, you're thinking Mathalyu. Well, you've got yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was I was confused. Oh, there, it. <laughs> there it is. Um, <laughs> Didn't so recognize get, the name. I mean, you would get Derwin James, Joey Bosa. I guess at linebacker, you're going. You're working with Kenneth Murray there. I mean, you got some sick wide receivers from the Broncos. Yeah, you could build a really, really good super team from that division. And of course, you would start with Patrick Mahomes. I think one question worth asking here. I don't think this would be the answer, but is Aaron Rodgers in the NFC North? I don't know where he is. He could be, you know what? I'm playing for the super team. He could be in the AFC West. He could be playing for the Broncos. So that's your backup. I I think we have to do it based on the team he's on as of today. Hopefully he doesn't get traded between. All right. I'm going to go next. Okay. I'm going anti-breach slash Sean. I'm going with the NFC East. Wow. I'm going to make some winners out of that. Now, Dak has to be your quarterback. It's not going to be Daniel Jones. I don't think Jalen Hurts. It's going to be the guy, and clearly Brian Fitzpatrick is a short-term guy. But let's say if Dak's healthy, that's fine. So I think the biggest question is, if you're thinking about like the, I mean, the you could take everyone on San Francisco, uh, excuse me, Washington's defense, except the secondary, and go from there. So the secondary is the big question. So you have Darius Slay, right? You have Kendall Fuller. That's an option there. They drafted Kelvin Joseph, uh, the Cowboys did, who who I like a lot, but he's a rookie, so you don't know. So you have to be able to have have some. Trevon Diggs, you know, he had a, a sort of a rough rookie campaign. Adoree Jackson's now there. James Bradbury's there. So you can find some cornerbacks that can get things done, especially if you have the pass rushers like the Chase Youngs and, and that front four in Washington. You clearly have the playmakers. Uh, Saquon's going to be back healthy. You have Zeke Elliott. Uh, you have uh, – What's his name that they drafted last year? The the Cowboys wide receiver, uh, CeeDee Lamb. You have Curtis Samuel. You have Scary Terry. You have Ev- Evan Ingram. And I think a mix of the offensive lines, if they're healthy, of Philadelphia, um, Dallas's offensive line, and, and the Giants' offensive line, you got something there. So I think there's a chance that this team could be, like, really, like, this is, you know, I don't know how the, the format is set up, but I think they can they could give the AFC West a run for the money. I think it's a better division. When you said that, I was like, what is, what is right, right, exactly. But you can get enough. Wait, to- did you say the NFC West to run for their money? No, I will just point this out that the NFC East actually played the NFC West last year. AFC West. I'm oh, to- AFC West. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to go well, to the NFC West. They went 4-12 and 12 against the NFC West. And- because they weren't a super team, Breach. That's the whole point of this conversation. Well, I'm just saying that they struggled against teams in other divisions. Now, I will say no. this. You got a little concern when it comes to the coaching in the NFC. <laughs> I'm the coach. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> what yeah. I'm I mean, I think your OC is going to be Scott Turner, right? Uh, it might be by default. Who is the, well, I don't know. We don't know about um, Mike McCarthy. We don't we don't know about Nick Seriani. He might be someone to consider. I mean, I'm taking the, the Washington football team's coaching staff. That's fine, Although, too. So you do have to worry that Jack Del Rio might influence people into <laughs> All right, all right. <laughs> I think you just let Jason Garrett be the head coach, just for the clapping. Is Freddie Kitchen still around? How does Sweat make your roster? 
<laughs> yes, he does. does is, he? Fred, is Fred? Yeah, of course. Is Freddie Kitchen still around? I think so. I think he's on the Giants, isn't he? He was. I don't know if he, he signed somewhere else or not. But um, yeah, he, he's he going to be. Still, he is a senior offensive assistant for the New York Giants. Currently. All right. He's going to be in my roster as well. On my coach. Just staff. bring him in for the, yeah. for the jokes. No, of course not. But I, we also have Ben McAdoo got hired by the Cowboys. Yeah, he's, so the, he's back in the NFC East. Coaching's fine, uh, but yeah, I think this this roster would be incredibly good. Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard. That's a sneaky good pick. The whole, the whole, all this rides not even on the defense. It rides on Dak Prescott because you don't have any of the quarterbacks except for I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is probably number two. If you're making a, a, a guys you feel most comfortable starting right away, yeah, you need right? 15 games out of Dak. I mean. What's your list after Dak in terms of guys you want starting on this team? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Right? And, and then, then Daniel Jones and then Jalen Hurts? Probably. Debo doesn't like that, but I don't well, know. It's not, not, not a shot of the Eagles. I, think I don't know enough about Jalen Hurts to write that. It's half dozen right there for them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that's a bold choice, and I like so it. So, let me ask, if they play Breach's AFC West team, and it's me coaching against Breach, who is only worried about the kickers, 10 games, Breach, how many games is the NFC East winning? Uh the NFC East win zero games and we win all our games 24 to nothing all because field we goals. kick eight field goals in each game. I think the AFC, I think it's probably 60, 40 or 70. Yeah. I think 60, 40 seems, seems yes. reasonable. It is 80, 20 best case scenario for Wilson. Nice. All right. 20 him, 80 AFC West. All right. Brent uh, said he's going with NFC West. Yeah. I looked, I mean, I looked around you know, the, again, the NFC North, a, a little, eh, not really intriguing. Even with Aaron Rodgers there and, and some of the weapons you have and the defense you get from the Bears and the Vikings, not not enough there for me. The AFC South, um, obviously a, a huge problem. Oh, you have three, you have two and a half teams. Right, exactly. You can't go with the AFC South, I don't think. Although maybe a little sneaky better than, than we're giving them credit for. The AFC East is kind of interesting because you could have Josh Allen as your quarterback, Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick as your head coach, plenty of defensive pieces from the uh, Patriots and Dolphins and Bills. And then you also have, you know, Quentin Williams and Mekhi Becton um, from the Jets. At least at least intriguing. I don't think they're the top-ranked team. Um, the AFC North, you know, you you would have – Ben Roethlisberger would be your four-string quarterback, so that's a bonus. Not even false. That's, that's, a, that's 100% true. I don't know. Case Keenum might be your fourth. And then Ben's your fifth. Shut up. Um, fifth? I don't know that there's enough defensively across the board on the on the AFC North for me to get involved with them. Oh, there's a lot of defense there. No, there's a lot of defense, but I don't remember you. All right, let me. This is this is my point. So with the NFC West, Russell Wilson's your quarterback. Nice start. Wow, that's disrespectful to your boy Matthew Stafford, who's trained you've been on since the moment you got traded. Jimmy Garoppolo was a starting quarterback in a Super Bowl two years yeah. ago. Brinson, I think him as your starter. I think everybody's taking Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson and Kyle Shanahan? Yeah, I'll take that. You hate Kyler Murray. I can't or Russell Wilson and Sean McVay? Who would be your head coach? Ooh. I, I think I would go with Sean McVay as the head coach and Kyle Shanahan as the play caller. You know, and no, Pete you, Carroll as your defensive coordinator? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He's too. What's Cliff Kingsbury? Do you just sit around and look handsome? Look yeah. handsome. I think you have to do co-head <laughs> co coach. Like, I don't think they would work well if one was... Well, the, the, it's sort of like the... It's sort of like the Olympic teams, you know, or the or the right like you you like the dream not, team. Yeah, it's not a slap in Kyle Shanahan's face. It's just we want Kyle Shanahan calling the plays. It's like Coach Shostakovich like being more of, a, more of a, a bigger picture organizational guy. I want Kyle Shanahan just grinding on play calling. It's like Coach K and PJ Carlissimo being assistant coaches on that on that world on the yeah, um, exactly. 
Coach K is not an assistant coach guy, but he's willing to take his spot and go win it for America. What's the coaches from Detroit, the Detroit Pistons coach? Chuck? Chuck, uh, I've seen that Chuck Knoll. Um, Golly. Debo. Chuck Woolery. Can't recognize Chuck Daly. Thank you. <laughs> so rest in peace, Chuck. You get Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Not bad. JJ Watt, Chandler Jones, Buddha Baker. 49ers have Nick Bosa. I mean, it's a strong all around team. This defense is sick. And you're going to have Russell Wilson throwing to George Kittle, DK Metcalf, Brandon, uh, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Robert Woods, Cooper. I mean, it's, it is, this is a loaded. What is Kyle Shanahan going to say when Pete Carroll comes over from the defensive side and demands that they run the ball more? <laughs> Kyle Shanahan loves to run the ball. Carroll gets fired. Sure, Pete. There's some khakis. Put those white sneakers in the wind, Pete. You're out. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So I, I think I think this is a better team than the AFC West. I actually, you've sold me on that. Plus, we know that uh, the overconfidence of this AFC West coaching staff might be. Well, if it's Coach Breach versus Coach Brinson, then I think the AFC West has a chance. But I do think the NFC West might be the better team. Wow. You don't see yeah. that. Who's oh! <laughs> <laughs> getting dunked on? Did you? Uh, I, I don't know if you guys were listening to the Suns uh, Nuggets game. On, no. um, Kevin Harlan was on the call. Oh, great! And DeAndre Ayton had this huge dunk. He was like, "Up high, down hard." I was like, "Ah, that's our podcast." Oh no, wait, that's right. He's I thought you were going to say he missed the dunk, no. and Harlan went, "He missed." Yeah. And he also <laughs> with the. Um, I'm trying to do the quick math on the offensive line because I think offensive line is kind of underrated here. With the with the AFC West, you're going to have a really good offensive line. Trent Williams, NFC, Andrew NFC Whitworth. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I, I was saying for your team breach, you know, you got Joe oh, Tooney, yeah. Corey Lindsley. Um, yeah, who else? Who else? Joe Tooney, Orlando Brown. Uh, Orlando Brown now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But you're going to run into some issues with the picking of these Chiefs players. No. Nope. Yeah, you only get 13. I just told you we're taking the whole offense and we'll build the defense with the other teams and Honey Badger. Okay. So you, you, only get- if you get 13. And Honey Badger's on defense. That means you get 12, and then the Raiders players will all be special teams. All right, you got to figure it out. You're going to add dudes like Henry Ruggs. And, He's uh, going to make Derek Carr play. Allen. Derek Carr has to play Gunner. <laughs> punt no, protector, Derek He's Carr. a punt protector. I think I like that idea. Uh, so the, just quickly on the bonus question, if all eight divisions did this, what division would win the super team style tournament? I think I, I, I'm inspired by Wilson's choice of going to NFC East. I don't think it would be the team. I think it would be NFC. So if it was, if it was the two semifinals with the NFC and two semifinals with the AFC, I think it's NFC West, AFC West coming out. Yeah, no, I think that's right. Is there, yeah. maybe you could say the AFC East. Eh. Who's the quarter? I mean, you have Josh Allen. It's sort of the same situation in the NFC. East. You have one quarterback really that you feel yeah. great about. Yeah. And right, that, Zach Wilson. <laughs> oh, we didn't really talk about the NFC South, by the way. That's a little bit better division than I think people give it credit for. Uh, so, I mean, again, who's your quarterback? Tom Brady? Matt yeah, Ryan? Tom Brady. Okay. But again, I don't. Super Bowl winning Tom Brady. <laughs> he struggled in that new offense. I mean, I suppose all these guys. He's going to work with Sean Payton now. James that's Winston. Just, that's, that's disrespectful. We're just kicking BA to how the many, How many interceptions would James Winston throw playing against a divisional super team? 42 a game. You know. hate James Winston more than Joe Montana. Right. <laughs> what? I think um I think you can go with Sean Payton as the OC and BA as the head coach. Yeah, the NFC South team has something. That's true. And 
you know, you have some nice pieces on from Gosh. Carolina with whether it's you know Brian Burns, Derek Brown, Jeremy Chin. <laughs> he goes straight to Carolina. Yeah, you're getting zero. Oh, defensive you, I mean, like, that's what I'm looking at. I'm trying to figure out. All right, who's my quarterback? All right, let me ask you this: Who are the 13 guys from Atlanta? Because none are going to be on defense. Well, Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. That's good. Uh, Matt Ryan's your backup. Yeah, Matt Ryan's your backup. They have a couple young offensive ta- uh, linemen. Yeah, they have enough offensive linemen where you're pulling some offensive line guys from there. Yeah, that team could actually be pretty good because the offensive line in Tampa Bay by itself is great. The Saints yep. offensive line is great. So yep. your offensive line issues are solved, and that's 90% of the problem offensively. You, between the Saints, Buccaneers, and Falcons, you're coming with a good offensive line, and then you just need to you need to rig it so you're getting three. You got to get a, you have to go with several Carolina defensive players and then supplement it. The problem is, do you want to take so do you go Mike Evans and Yes. <laughs> well, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Yes. But when you do that, you're losing chances to get Bucks defensive players. Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So you almost rather go Michael Thomas, DJ Moore. Wow. And uh I don't even know who the tight and then Kyle Pitts at tight end. Yeah, but Kyle here's Brady. the good thing. You can sort out the defensive issues among the three teams, the Saints, Bucks, and a little bit with the Panthers, and, and be able to fill all those holes. We might need to do an article. Somebody might need to write an article on this. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I love you caught yourself there. We might uh, – somebody. We might. <laughs> <laughs> we might. <laughs> all right, let's go to the next question. That was a really good question. Real Wolf was Zernick. If the entire NFL – oh, yeah, I remember this on Twitter. If the entire oh, you remembered it. Look at NFL that. was redrafted today, who would be the first running back taken? He won't read this, but Will Brinson <laughs> as well. He tagged Wilson, Breach, and Debo. Um, and then Wilson's reply, I believe, was something to the effect of, I can't wait for Brinson to be surprised when he reads this. So I'll ask you first. Who's the first running back taken? It's a good question. And I wonder, like, how high, like, is he top 10? Because then, you know, you start to feel better about it. I I think I'm, ah. So here are my three. Saquon, who's coming off ACL. He's not even 100% yet. Nope. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, who was injured last year. And Alvin Kamara. Um, how long do we have them? I mean, because is Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley be playing in five years? I don't know. So those are my top three. I I, I think I'm going with Alvin Kamara because he's been the less the, the least injured of the of the three. I think. And, I mean, oh god. Yeah, and, and my, and my second is Najee Harris. All right, you can have any of those three. I'm taking Derrick Henry. Yeah, but again, he's 27. How long are we talking about here? Three years. And Derrick Henry doesn't give you anything as a as a receiver. Yeah, I don't need anything as a receiver because they just okay. run the ball on every down. And your point about where is this at what point does this draft choice occur is, is a good one. You know, are you taking Christian McCaffrey over, you know, as a top 15 guy? Like where, you know, you know what I mean? Like where is he being where is well, he being? Uh, they did say first running back taken. So let's just say it's 20, between 20 and 30. I mean, yeah. Because if it's top five, we're gonna hate every single I, pick. I think the answer is Christian McCaffrey. You're not concerned about the injuries? It's either McCaffrey or Kamara. What about Saquon? Barkley, Barkley's missed too many games for me. Yeah. And Breach doesn't care about the forward pass, so he's taking Derrick Henry. Well, you know what? Honestly, if I was going to take somebody who rushed for 1,000 yards or more, it'd be Lamar Jackson. He's not a running back, dum-dum. Yeah, well, make him a running back. I legitimately um, was going to say Nick Chubb. Run the Wildcat. That's not terrible. That's, that's what we'll Chubb. call our offense. Nick Chubb's not terrible either. Well, yeah, I mean, Nick Chubb, again, like Derrick Henry, not as much in the passing game. I just think with McCaffrey and Kamara, you can do so much with them in terms of lining them up in the slot. You know, you can you know, move them all around. You can get them in the screen game. And the same thing with Saquon. If, if Saquon, if if either McCaffrey or Saquon was 100% healthy, we knew coming into the season, 
it's probably one of them. But I'm I would might lean towards Kamara just because he's been so durable and he's so ridiculous. I am looking at the uh, front page of Pro Football Reference at all the faces of the football players. I can't name a single one just by their face. Did we say Dalvin Cook? Dude, that's Debo's game that he likes to play. I know that's what there's a discussion. Sure. Eh, I don't know. Is I mean he's not he's he's probably outside the top five. I feel like. I think one of those guys is Andre Brown from NC State. The yeah. Top, mm-hmm. top, uh, the second guy from the right. Yeah, it is. Andre Brown. Oh, there you go. Well done. Thank you. And no one Aaron Jones breach. That was – can't even believe you put that out there. I put it out there because we got to talk about somebody named Aaron on the Packers, and I'm tired of Aaron Rodgers, so we'll talk about Aaron Jones. Uh, all right. All right what's the next question? Good question. Next <laughs> This is from Bunk Face via Apple Podcast. <laughs> Easily my second favorite podcast. Very complimentary. Fired up. Uh, Fired up the dunk music. He just dunked. He dunked on us. <laughs> Love it. As I've been listening for the past year consistently, I've really enjoyed the show as an avid NC State sports fan. I truly enjoy the love for Philip Rivers, Russell Wilson, Mike Lennon, and maybe most of all, Ryan Fenley. Mm. As a fellow mm. podcaster. Oh, there we go. I appreciate all the hard work you guys obviously put into making your show enjoyable for the fans. Also, if you give a shout out to the Chris and Andre show available on YouTube and all your favorite podcast streaming apps, we would greatly appreciate it. Well, that's a five star review. You got a shout out. Good for you. <laughs> uh, make sure and check out the Chris and Andre show. I assume that's his favorite podcast. Mailbag question. If the NFL decided to do a massive reshuffle of the divisions and you were on the committee to determine the new alignments, what division would you insist on keeping the same and why? I assume you guys are both going to say the AFC North because of tradition. That's exactly right. Because, I mean, I'm trying to think. Like, is there any tradition in the AFC South, the Titans, the Colts, no. Titans, Texas, the Jaguars? Warriors. Um, I mean, maybe the AFC West should be. But, again, is there – like, what's the big rivalry in the AFC Are West? Is really West? Is it Chiefs-Raiders? Is that the big – that's the big rivalry? Yeah, but those teams have all been there for – you know, like – you're talking about the AFC North. The Baltimore Ravens have only existed since 1996, Wilson. There's no. They have a division I mean, with two teams that are the Cleveland Browns. But the Los Angeles Chargers and Las Vegas Raiders didn't exist until last year. That's incorrect. Maybe two years ago, but whatever. That's also incorrect. <laughs> whatever. The dunk counts. No take backs, Breach. Uh, well, okay. Maybe the NFC North. because that I think, I think the, the NFC North is the answer. Is the most traditional. But again, then the NFC East feels pretty traditional as well. But you know what? You know what? My you know why I'm picking the NFC North because not only do you have uh, the some of the oldest rivalries, Bears Packers goes back you know 100 years, but I also like that is geographically sound. You do not have that with NFC East because Dallas is not in the East, so I need the history and I need the geographics to be correct here. The geography, geographics, whatever. <laughs> what about the AFC East? That's yeah, geographically sound, except you know one's at the tip of the. The north and tip of the south. All right. So my thing that bugs me is for this is the you know the, the guy mentioned NC State, so I can bring it up. But we we play Duke. We don't play Duke every year in football. That's crazy. Yeah, but they have too many teams in the in the ACC now. That's a problem. I know, but it's like you know Duke, State, Carolina, and Wake should all play each other every year in football. We play. But Duke I, I think. I, well, here's the thing: get rid of the cream puffs in week one and week two. That then you can do that. Sure. But I understand you want to have quote-unquote strength of schedule and play Clemson and Florida State. Uh, I'm not saying that we're on the same page as Duke from a basketball perspective. It's just weird that... Well, you're talking about football. Yeah, better than football. It's just weird that these rivalries, which have been around for, you know, decades, are just cast aside in the name of profit-mongering. By the way, thank you for explaining that NC State isn't on the same level as Duke in basketball. I wasn't sure about that. 
Well, let's see what happens once Coach K's gone. <laughs> I was just thinking, there's a 100% chance that NC State would hire Coach K if he decided to come out of retirement at age 75, right? Absolutely. Yeah. What if the Bengals hired Coach K? <laughs> He'd be better than Zach Wilson. Zach you know, Wilson. I saw Zach, Zach Wilson on uh, Peter Schrager and Sean McVay's uh, Flying Coach Taylor, podcast. Taylor. Zach Taylor. Did I say Zach Wilson? I had said Zach Wilson earlier, yeah. Um, and I was more impressed with Zach Taylor than I thought I would be. That's good. Yeah, he seems like a swell guy, and he's probably really smart. It just hasn't translated on the field. Right. That's it. So I don't care about keeping the NFC West together. I know, you know they've had heated rivalries, yeah. and the, the Seahawks used to be the AFC. Yeah, well, but yeah, more, but it's I mean, more about like the coaches with Jim Jim Harbaugh versus Pete Carroll, and then you know Sean McVay versus Kyle Shanahan. I, I don't I don't care about keeping them together. The NFC South, nothing. I mean, no. Nah. So, what is so, the big rivalry in the NFC South? Uh, Falcons and the Saints. Okay, yeah, it does nothing for me. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't get the juices going. The NFC East, I understand the argument because of the vitriol between those teams. They're all fairly closely located. And it's been there for 40 years. Been there for a long time. I will say that if you broke up the NFC East, boy, it would make life a lot easier for everybody in these primetime games and these crap NFC East teams you're playing every week. Who do you replace Dallas with? Like, who's the Eastern team? That I don't think – see, that's the thing is if you break them up and – if you put an Eastern team in there and take Dallas out, this whole division loses the juice. The Patriots. thing is, what if you put the Patriots in there? Oh, no, I thought it had to be an Eastern team. You been anybody there? All these rednecks that, or I guess they're not rednecks, but it's like, uh, <laughs> like all these Eagles fans and Washington fans, and they're coming back a little bit. They've been down for a while. And Giants fans, Giants fans are psycho. Eagles fans are psycho. Cowboys fans are psycho. And they all hate each other with a, a legitimate passion. So I don't want to, you know, blow like the passion that she's from Breach as he takes a big yawn in the middle of the mailbag podcast. Uh, so I don't want to blow that up. I think the I, North is the I answer. live with a baby. I get three I, hours of sleep per night. I think that you, if you have to swap one team for another team, I think you have to swap Dallas for Atlanta. Because oh. NFC South, Dallas, just in geographic, geographics to bar breaches term. The ge geographics <laughs> make sense. So now <laughs> NFC South is Dallas, which makes more sense. And, and now the NFC East is the worst division of football. Oh, it's not fun to watch, but if we're just doing strictly by the map, then I think but that's it's, the Washington, the Giants, the Eagles, and the Falcons. It's oh. terrible. Oh. But uh, ge geographically, it, it checks every box. And that's it what goes from the most popular, you know, division because the Cowboys are so popular to being just this afterthought, complete <laughs> afterthought immediately. Because the the Eagles and Debo, I don't know if Debo's probably on his call still, but the Eagles and the Giants. And the Washington football team, let's be honest, they get a lot of their juice from playing Dallas. Yeah. You know, like, they That's like the voice of God. I know what Devo is up to. Devo's here. He is here. My ears just perk up when I hear it mentioned. I hope you leave that in with a bleep, please. I think I think the division I would least like to break up would be the NFC North. Even though it's it's an annoying division, they just in the AFC AFC North too. This yeah, Breach for some like, reason hates the Ravens, but whatever. They're all like closely connected. The Ravens could be the you could swap for the Cowboys. Yeah, but then the AFC North and the, the Cowboys don't fit the North part. No, but then we move somebody else to the. To you the switched. Team. What if you switched the Ravens and the Colts? Hmm. That, would, uh, that gets closer there. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but that makes it kind of. Well, that's yeah. what it was. It was the Colts, right? Or was well, the no, no. You, you put the Ravens in the AFC the East, move yeah. the Dolphins to the AFC South, and put the Colts in the AFC North. The Steelers used to be in the AFC Central, and the Titans were a part of that division. Um, and Jacksonville. 
and Jacksonville. That's right, because there are five the teams. Old six team. Oh, six? six? Yeah, five six. Five or six, yeah. I think yeah. I, yeah. All right. That's, All right. Uh, Good question. What else? Good question, yeah. Do, 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 do. Engagingly entertaining from Sargasso RC, the Apple podcast. It's a long one. I've listened to these guys for the better part of three plus years, and their pod is one of my reliable go-tos when working out. Brinson's sort of funny, annoying, and befuddling. Fair. Check. Ryan is curmudgeon in residence and a good foil to Brinson. Also Check. fair. John has a weirdly fascinating fixation with all things kickers, Bengals, and Andy Dalton. Fair. Mm-hmm. The report and banter amongst them makes this an easy and entertaining listen. Mailbag question. Why hasn't Pep Hamilton got any credit for the job he did as Justin Herbert's quarterback coach? I wonder if he's a casualty of the poor coaching narrative that surrounded the Chargers last year. I expect Herbert to have a sophomore slump, unlike you guys. But if he does have one, I question how much will be attributed to losing Hamilton. So spe- specifically, Hamilton has done everything from a, from quality control assistant through to being a head coach in the XFL. And I think he's overdue for some legit head coach looks in the NFL. P.S. Tell Debo I'm pulling for the Eagles and Hurts specifically, but I'm leery of how good Hurts can be with the new coaching staff and the pieces around him. We'll see, though. Um, I I agree with that. Not the part about me being sort of funny. Um, yeah, you're entirely not funny. I'm, By the I, way, uh, Pep's from Charlotte. He was at West Charlotte High School. I didn't realize that. I didn't until just now. He, He's also- he got a lot of heat as when he when he Stanford's OC. So he was Stanford OC 2011-2012. Then he became the Colts OC where he got even more heat, 2013-2015. Yep. Uh, went to Cleveland. and right, then, He followed Andrew Luck from Stanford to, after one year. Went to Cleveland. Things went sideways there for one year. Then he ended up in Michigan where he's assistant head coach and passing game coordinator 2017-2018. Harbaugh. Was Harbaugh. He was there then. And then things really Harbaugh, got Pep was at Stanford with Harbaugh. Okay, there you go. And then but stayed through David Shaw's time. He's got he's gotten some heat, and he's still like forty six. Right, but the thing is, I, I think things went sideways in Cleveland. Then he was working with the DC Defenders, which was what was that XFL or yeah XFL. And then, um, so he's he he didn't have he didn't work in the league in twenty nineteen or or in college. So he had some time off after you know losing the Michigan job. I'm assuming came back with the Chargers and, and actually did a really good job. And you got a glimpse of that if you watched Hard Knocks. Um, so now he's in Houston where he's with the Texans where his that job is probably the toughest job in football, everyone in that staff. So, yeah, it, it's hard to get chances. I think that that's the takeaway. And sometimes if you do have a bad year two stretch, you got to reset things and, and sort of return yeah. to return to go and start over there. I, I think I think that's sort of the lesson is that because he has bounced around so much, it's hard to it's hard to get your name in the mix for a head coaching job. If you bounce around a ton, I think. Well, I think the bouncing around thing isn't that uncommon, but when you get like Cleveland is where careers go to die. Yes. So I think that was probably the beginning of the end. And then Michigan observed two seasons. And then you go to the XFL. That means you've been out of the league or in major college football. And you have to sort of reset. And I think the reset was in with the chargers last year where things went well, obviously, but Um, with the the quarterback, not with the coaching staff. Right, But then you look at what he's done for the past 10 years, and I feel like, unfortunately, he's been in a situation where it's been easy to give someone else credit. So, you know, you look at Stanford. Obviously, he had Andrew Luck there when he was the offensive coordinator. So people are like, oh, that's Andrew Luck. Then, you know, you guys mentioned it. He becomes the Colts offensive coordinator for two and a half seasons, and it's credit's going to Andrew Luck. He has an amazing quarterback. Anybody, you know, you got to call smart plays, but still Andrew Luck is going to get that credit. 
And then, you know, you put him last year with the Chargers. And when people see Justin Herbert developing, you know, I think a lot of people saw, hey, look, they have Anthony Lynn. He's an offensive mind. They're running Anthony Lynn's system. So Anthony Lynn's going to get the credit of being a good coach to Justin Herbert, who just can't happen to coach in the final two minutes at all. Um, so I think Anthony Lynn ended up getting a lot of credit for developing Justin Herbert, even though Pep Hamilton clearly played a part in that. So I just think he's been in, I don't want to say bad situations because he's done well, uh, but in unlucky situations uh, that haven't helped him out. Part of the problem too, is that typically speaking, when NFL teams start looking for new head coaching candidates, they're going to look at coordinators, the guys who are right underneath the head coach. Who was the last non-coordinator to get hired? I mean, Harbaugh, John, going he was back a special to teams coordinator, right? I mean, no, no, he was a special teams guy, right? But he was a special teams coordinator. I mean, he's yeah, not, yeah, but non, non coordinator, but right, OC or DC? Who's the last non-OC or DC to get hired? Uh, you guys make fun of him all the time. Oh, is it Zach Taylor? Zach Taylor was oh, uh, QB coach. coach. Oh, right. there you go. Okay, all right. How's that working out? I haven't been keep, keeping up with the Bengals. Uh, pretty good. They drafted Joe Burrow. They're going to the Super Bowl this year, so it's going well. Okay. Part of the problem is that teams are teams want the guy. You know, it's just how business works. They want the guy who's risen up the the various levels and is. You yeah. know, I, I think they do. They want the guy who's next to be the head coach. But think about with Pep Hamilton, the heat he got for a possible head coaching job came when he was the OC at Stanford for two years, and then when he was the OC in Indianapolis for three years. Now that I agree with. So uh, that's what I'm saying. His his problem is that. Because the Colts thing, the Colts thing ended up going south because he was there at Pagano. And Dan Campbell, he's the he's the most recent coach who didn't have. I was saying, like, like Dan Campbell's an example of someone. If we're being honest, if he weren't white, he probably wouldn't get a job with those lack of credentials. Oh, actually, do it. Is David Cully wasn't an OC either, was he? Uh, I don't know. Was he? He wasn't the DC because Wink Martindale was a DC, so maybe not. I don't think he was. I think he was the with the. The Ravens, he was the assistant head coach, wide receivers coach, and passing game coordinator. Yeah, and he's 65, I think. So Who he's was actually the last guy. Probably John Harbaugh. Oh no, there have been three this year. <laughs> Just the last guy that was hired. <laughs> so maybe maybe that helps out uh, a guy like Pep Hamilton. But I, I But the jury's not out on them because if they all do horrible, then you know that closes the door on non-coordinators getting a job. And it it's gonna be as Ryan points out, it's gonna be tough to get a job coming from Houston. Oh boy. I mean you know, if, now if Deshaun Watson comes back and you're the passing game coordinator. If they win eight games, every assistant coach in that staff should get a head coaching job. That's right. I I, I think for Pep, and now to the Herbert point of the, the part of this, I think this is being glossed over by everybody, including yours truly. We're just assuming that Herbert's going to do exactly what he did last year. You're, you're asking a young guy in a, you know, not an easy situation who is going to have an entirely new coaching staff, an entirely new you know, get working with a quarterbacks coach and an offensive coordinator, everything is completely different for him. And there's still, you know, we're still limited to a degree in terms of our practice stuff each off season because of the new CBA. And then of course, because of the COVID rules that are still in place, you're just, it's not going to be I a think, full off season. I think that's even more a uh, testament to what Pep Hamilton was able to do because as breach noted, yes, Andrew Luck, that's a slam dunk. Anyone can do that, but to get out of uh, Justin Herbert, what he was able to, when he had to throw him out there after Tyra Taylor got the, you know, the weird shot, collapsed lung incident and then he just continued to build off of that obviously justin herbert gets a ton of credit but hamilton helping him along and do that certainly deserves some credit too so right they'll be up to joe lombard oh sorry i was just saying also like the dc defenders thing they were really good they were one of the best teams in the xfl and he missed all of 2019 gearing up for the for the xfl to begin in 2020 okay there you go 
he's the head coach and the GM. And so remember, there was the whole like ramp up process where they hired all these guys. He's the head coach, the GM. They're winning a bunch of games. They look like a pretty good team. If they win the XFL title, he probably gets a head coaching look in the NFL. But then p- the pandemic wipes out the entire league. So, I mean, this is, I mean, maybe this is a guy who has terrible luck. Yeah. I think that might be better. Considering the quarterback that timing, got- maybe it's timing, not luck. Well, his luck. You better hope he's lucky. Terrible he, luck, pun intended, because Andrew Luck. No, he, he's going to need all the luck in the world with Houston. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, yeah, so man, I agree. I think I think Pep Hamilton's a guy that should get a look, and maybe he will. I don't. I but I think we all agree that you know with Houston, it's unlikely that he's going to be placed in a position of prominence where he's now. Back to the original question. Maybe it goes the other way, and Justin Herbert does struggle in the second year. People start being like, hmm. Pep. Or will they say it's because he lost? He went from an offensive-minded head coach to a defensive-minded head coach. I think Anthony Lynn could be described as a defensive-minded head coach. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. He plays de- offense defensively. Yes. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, more mailbag questions. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, I love your podcast. Dasher56562 says, who is your favorite head coach of all time? Hmm. A tough one. Uh, Breach is Zach Taylor. Mine is Mike Tomlin. I assume yours would be Bill Cowher. Uh, I think I like the Mike Tomlin, William Mary connection. Right. I do love Bill Cowher, though. I love me some Bill Cowher. So Tomlin won, Cowher 1A. I, I do like Cowher a lot. Breach, yours is probably some, you know, like Sam Weish or something. Say it. Mine is easily Sam Weish. I think he's one of the smartest guys to ever coach in the NFL. He brought multiple innovations to the league. Uh, starting with the no huddle offense. I don't think most people know that the no huddle wasn't a standard thing uh, before uh, probably 1985. Sam Weish brought it. Uh, just a bunch of things that his teams brought in because he was so innovative. And he, the, the, the zone blitz that Ryan and your don't Steelers, even don't even try it. He didn't invent that. Dick LeBeau invented it in Cincinnati while he was defensive coordinator for the Bengals. 
and then he went to Pittsburgh and made a face. But he he just for you, Breach. Shut, shut up. Anybody throw anything onto this field? Point them out. Or get them out of here. You don't let it, Cleveland. That's my favorite Sam Washington. And that. So, and he hated every other coach in the AFC Central. There was one game where in 1989, the Bengals were beating the Oilers 58 to 7 with like 30 seconds left. And Weish called a timeout so they could kick a field goal and get the 60 points. He kicked an onside kick when they were up 42 to nothing in the third quarter. I mean, it was just pure hatred. And then that clip that Ryan just played, uh, see the fans in Cincinnati were throwing snowballs on the field. And uh, he said, God, you don't live in Cleveland. We don't do that crap here. And they weren't even playing the Browns. They were playing the Seahawks. So he just <laughs> took a shot at the Browns because he hated every team in that division. So Sam Weish, legend in my book. This is a really hard question for me because, you know, I grew up a Panthers fan. I'm not going to say John Fox. Foxy. I don't, you know, no, I, I'm actually, I, I jumped a gun. Go ahead. I'll, I'll circle back because I grew up in the 80s. and I have a bunch of guys I should have mentioned. Well, I was, I mean, I was sort of thinking that if, so I was trying to figure out, all right, so if I, if I don't, if I'm not going to go with somebody that, uh, and assuming we're going to say, we're saying NFL only, obviously, right? Yes. Yeah. We know you, you're going to say Jim Valvano. Chuck Amato. <laughs> Jim Valvano, not Chuck, Chuck Amato. No, Chuck the chest, maybe. Shane no, Montgomery. Oh, you're serious? No, 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 no. Um, I would probably if i had to narrow it down i mean i just picked three guys who and this is i'm just approaching it from a, a slightly different way but like three guys who impacted my work life maybe more than my personal life growing up just because of you know like mm-hmm. i wouldn't have, you know you were a Bengals fan your entire life of course you're a sam weiss guy you know you coach your dad that's easy you know i but i look at andy reed Bill Belichick and Sean Payton is three guys that like. How do they affect your personal life? Don't affect my personal life. No, uh, he's saying so. the guys that per- affect yeah. his, his professional life. Yeah, Belichick's. Bel- I mean, you know, Andy Reid and Belichick have been around for longer than you know we've we've been at CBS, but we were at CBS mm-hmm. for ten years, and they you know they engulfed the entirety of my tenure at CBS. Oh yeah, gotcha. Yeah, and yeah. Andy gotcha. Reid's just fun as hell. He changed the game in in crazy ways. He brought all these college concepts here. He he doesn't. Um, you know, I'm talking about Chiefs Andy Reid. I don't care about Eagles Andy Reid. Um, you know, he doesn't uh, – I was taking another shot at Debo. Richie Kotai mm-hmm. is Debo's favorite coach. <laughs> That's right. Ray Rhodes. Uh, Bill Walsh was at least under consideration. And, yeah. um, man, I really do love Sean Payton. Jimmy Johnson I thought about too. Great hair. Great hair. Made Jay Jones very angry. Yeah. There are only five coaches in the NFL who have been in the same spot since you were hired at CBS, Brinson. Uh, Sean Payton – Andy Reid, Bill Belichick. Not Andy Reid. Not Andy Reid, obviously. Same Jeez. place. Yeah. Same place. Uh, Sean Payton, are, you, oh, oh. So are you doing 2010 or 2011? Uh, whichever one you want. It's okay. the same answer. <laughs> um, Mike Tomlin. Yep. I said Tomlin, Belichick. Uh, Sean Payton, Payton, you said. Yep. Pete Carroll? Pete Carroll's four. Pete Carroll's four. There's one more. John Harbaugh. Zach John Taylor. Harbaugh. You oh. got him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two names I wanted to mention that I'm sorry to mention the first time. Well, and real quick, John Harbaugh went to Miami of Ohio since Ryan gave uh, Tom oh, a, a William and Mary shout that, out. Right? Well, hey, just you know, where's Sean McDermott? Where'd he go? I don't know. Where you married? Chump? Uh, the chump is directed towards Breach. What about Sean McVay? Speaking of Sean's, where'd he go? My, I'm up now. Okay, I, sorry. I take back my time. Uh, <laughs> Jerry Glanville and Bum Phillips are two guys that I'm. I'm oh, yeah. 
Wade Phillips would be up there too. I love Wade Phillips. Yeah, J- Wade wasn't quite the character that bumps his dad, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's yeah. saw Bum on Twitter. Yeah, Bum. That's right. Uh, Bum was quite the character. Um, and Bum was like seventies and probably sixties too, but seventies and, and then eighties. And then Jerry Glanville was also a character, especially with those Atlanta teams. Um, where you were like ten gallon hats. He used to leave like tickets for Elvis at the at the at the at the window of the of the game. So crazy stuff like that. But um. Yeah, I don't know if those guys like those guys don't really exist anymore. I think Rex Ryan was probably the closest in terms of being like a sort of sideshowy, yeah, and still being a good coach. But um, if you'd asked me that question in 2010 or 2011, I might have said Rex Ryan. Yeah, he was a lot we of fun. A lot of page views out of Rex Ryan. A lot of fun, and he was a good coach. He he just uh, you know New York's a tough place to play. I don't even know. I think everyone's so conservative now, and everything the media that these teams do is in house. There's no reason to act like a crazy person. Like Dan Campbell might be the next coming of, of that type of guy, but um, he's in a tough spot in Detroit. Yeah. So I would take one of those historically great coaches who have impacted my and Belichick. I mean, I know Bel, you know, it's not, it'd be, it's weird to say Belichick's my favorite head coach of all time. I and mean, Belichick has given us endless entertainment. Yeah. Over the past 20 years. I mean, the, the pirate suit at the, at the Halloween party is fantastic. Him all on- Cincinnati. On the boat, like laying on, laying out with his ring, like doing the the ring thing. Yeah, the, the ring thing, gang sign. <laughs> I mean, all the different controversies. And there are a few coaches were leaving. Like Bill Walsh, I think would be an obvious answer. I mean, if I mentioned Bill Walsh, okay, yeah. and then uh, Joe Gibbs, yeah. Don Shula, three times. We're not talking Don. the best coach of all time. We're talking our favorite coaches, right? Right. But since there's only three of us, we're leaving off. You know, a lot of. Yeah. I will say this: legends. Like, when I was in early '80s, when I was really young, uh, and we only got three channels on, on television. I love Don Shula because they played a lot of, they showed a lot of uh, Dolphins. And I also was a big Forrest Greg fan because they showed that's when the, the Bengals were last good. So I saw, saw a lot of those guys. And Don Shula was in Ace Ventura. Fun fact. That's <laughs> true. Um, so when, when I was little, like I grew up in High Point, which is, you know, West in the Western part of the this Piedmont. Home part of Tubby the, Smith. That's right. Home of Tubby Smith. And, uh, but <laughs> it, it's a little bit Western of where you would pick up, uh, Washington football team games. Mm-hmm. If you lived in Raleigh or down east at all in North Carolina, you were a Washington football, you you know, Arskins fan, but you're a Washington football fan. Like they, all those people are still annoyed that they changed the team name because that's how that's just what they grew up like watching. And I was never a Washington fan growing up in the 80s, though. Yeah, I wouldn't either. But I think there would be a lot of people in North Carolina and yeah. obviously in Virginia, but in eastern North Carolina, Raleigh and East, who if you ask them, who their favorite coach of all time is? They probably say Joe Gibbs. Yeah, that's right. And he has the he has the the race car connection as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that would be my my. I think I just go Belichick. That's, I know that's kind of dumb, but whatever. Yeah, that's a final question answer. from Bretart via Apple Podcast. Humble brag. Hi guys, love the podcast. Listen every day. Just thought I should help Brinson out with the understanding of what a humble brag is. I won eighty grand betting on golf as a regular brag. <laughs> How did a schmuck like me win eighty grand betting on golf as a humble brag? You're calling humble brags are just people saying a thing that happened to them. Keep up good work, Brett. That's not even a question. Wow. Uh, yeah, that should have been, that been the whole podcast, by the way. Just reading Brett's, Brett's right. expl- explanation <laughs> to you. Yeah, he's not wrong. If you if you brag, I, I agree with that. But but most of the time, a lot of times when I'm saying nice humble brag, are you humble bragging that you know what humble brag means now? Uh, maybe I don't know. If, if a good example of a humble brag would. 
would be if I said I'm on Instagram, but then I also added my first Instagram picture was of me running into Brad Pitt in Oakland. Right. That's a humble brag. Yeah. Or, or if you said, yeah, Instagram is fine, but sometimes when you're verified on there, it's a, it's kind of a pain. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I was late to the podcast. I was outside talking to Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is called two eyes and a truth. <laughs> where, where if you just sort of be like, I met Ben Affleck today. That's just a brag. Right. That's right. <laughs> it's like when you try you try to you're being humble about it, and then you sneak that in at the end. Right. You're you. It's, it's you're basically deflecting to to you know just to make a larger let, point that makes you let look, everybody know without actually bragging. Yeah, that's right. But you're not fooling Brett. That's the point. He's on to you. Now yeah. everyone's on to Brinson. Uh, Dito has a, <laughs> for the top Google result for uh, humble brag. Go ahead, you can read it. Oh, go ahead. My email got hacked, so I just sent Olivia Munn an email about Viagra. Great. <laughs> yeah, we have coworkers that humble brag like that. Uh, the 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 actual definition. I assume this is according to, um, uh, Urban Dictionary. Urban Dictionary, not Webster's. <laughs> An ostensibly modest or self-deprecating statement whose actual purchase. His actual purpose is to draw attention to something of which one is proud. Correct. Right. Yeah. Um, verb. Make an ostensibly modest. Yeah, you know, exactly. The the one who is Harris Whittles who came up who, with it, I believe. Who is that? Former. Uh, actually, he, he has a book called Humble Brag, The Art of False Modesty. He's a writer on Parks and Rec and Eastbound and Down. Oh. Um, but he was. He's, he is no longer with us. R.I.P. Oh, man. That's too bad. Oh, yeah. He. Uh, I think he had a tough. Had some mental health issues, and that's hmm. to his passing. But yes, humble brag. Oh, humble brag isn't Marion Webster. Yeah, I, I would imagine that is. They've opened it up. Yeah, they've really cut it loose in here. Uh, I'm trying to see what example they have of it. And the study, college students were asked to write down how they'd answer a question about their biggest weakness in a job interview. The results showed that more than three quarters of participants humble bragged. Ah, uh, yes. My biggest, what's your biggest weakness? I work too hard. Yeah. That's just, that's, that's not even a humble brag. That's something you say in a job interview to guarantee you won't get the job. Yeah. I always joke, you know, people be like, oh, look, if you checked out this book, it's like, yeah, nice. nice. I read humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Anything else we want to get to? No, I think that's it. That's a great one to end on. Thank you, Brett. Yeah, I got next next uh, week, Brett, can you please explain to Breach what geographics means? <laughs> yeah, this is the this is the Urban Dictionary version. This is better. When you usually consciously try to get away with bragging about yourself by couching it in a phony show of humility. Yeah, if we let me put it to you this way: among the three of us, three of us, and Debo, you can answer this. Among the four of us, who humble brags the most? Do you think? <laughs> the man in the top left right now. <laughs> I don't even know what a close second would be. Like I'm not even kidding. I don't think you're Wilson. You'll usually you'll usually just like be really excited when you're trying to tell us something about. A thing. Yeah, just tell you. I don't try to hide it. <laughs> so, but a good example of people who do this: people who vote and people who get their vaccines. That's not a humble brag. You weren't a sticker that says, or you put on Instagram or whatever. I got my vaccination and voted at the same time. Uh, some people do it. Some people will take a picture like, oh, sitting out. No, on that's the a vaccine shaming, like our vacation shaming. No, we're not vaccine shaming. I got my vaccine this morning. Yesterday morning. No, he's saying it. what you're explaining is. Well, people will post on Instagram and be like, unbelievable day outside. It's, it's like a <laughs> selfie. And then in the corner is an I voted sticker. 
Oh, you're not yeah. saying I like oh, proud to do, proud to do my job as an American. You're, but you you can't help yourself and have to let the world know that you, an American with the unalienable right to vote anytime you want, in theory, I guess uh, that you voted and you and but you you don't you don't want to be like proud to be an American to vote today, you know, or like something like that. Yeah, that's more of a social media thing, though, because it, it, it you have to see it visually, you have to use something you look at. So I think the lesson there is to stay off social media and then just deal with the humble brags face to face. You can also reverse humble brag somebody where you take down. Yeah. Take down something that they have. You you rip it down by it's you know, like, oh we that's what we do for two hours every show. I thought you had a I thought you had a I, I thought you had a bigger boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You actually by the way, you oh, do that I thought you had a Ferrari, you have a Dodge Stratus. You oh, that. You a nice what? car. I was under the impression that it would be nice. You are the king of doing that too, by the way, because I'll say something that I think is interesting, and here's here's Brinson's can response. Oh, you didn't know that? That's what <laughs> yeah, you say. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You just but, found that out? Yeah, that's a. I don't know if that's called a. Yeah, butthole. I I just found it out. That's why I just reverse said reverse humble brag. <laughs> <Yeah>. An RHB. <laughs> it's a, it's called Brinsoning. <laughs> that already has a definition. We need double Brinsoning. But just to be clear, I'm doing that on purpose. Brinsoning is humble bragging. Reverse double Brinsoning is is anti humble brag. Got it. So what does this say? Is there a reverse? Is the word opposite to humble brag? Um. Oh God! I wish Brinsoning come up. Jeez. Uh, Backhanded compliment isn't quite what you're looking. Yeah, backhanded. Yeah, compliment. it's 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 more annoying than the backhanded compliment. Yeah, I'd like to point out. I think Brinson uses it like a lot on on Twitter, just like pointing out other <laughs> humble brags. So that's a sign. I might pop up here at some point on this list. I know, I know, I know. See, but this is this is this is sarcastic. Sneaky humble brag. That's a good one that Brinson uses often. <laughs> I'll right, well, go back up to that one with obvious. Let me see that one. He said, Gabe J. Cole's. All right, so look, Gabe J. Cole's album, new album, I'll listen to my attempt to run up Laster Mill, and the sneaky best part is that it's only 42 minutes, no filler. See, yeah, that's that's not show. even... Well, go that's ahead. a very clear... humble. That's not even trying to hide the humble brag. That's just... Uh, the humble brag is I'm running. I'm running. For 42 minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a hill. Yeah. So you can't just say... So you could cut out in my attempt right. to run up Laster Mill... <laughs> And just say Gabe J. Cole's new album a listen. And the and like that. part is it's only 42 minutes, no filler. Right. Now go what did I get Clark on? Something about the gym. Um I, I, I was just messing around. I didn't know why that was. I don't know why. Yeah, most of the time I'm just kidding about there. Diva. I mean, we don't need to go to 2016 tweets. Uh, I'm, I'm just right, I'm pulling a breach right now. <laughs> I know you are. You got breaches, uh, search techniques for Twitter down. I'm, I'm doing that blind without scrolling through. So I was a little nervous too. Yeah, for sure. I love that Brent is like, you can't go back to 2016 tweets. You tweeted 300,000 times. So though everything's on the table. Fair be enough. more conservative with your tweeting would be my advice to everybody. Uh, and here is a crazy... <laughs> Classic Ryan Wilson. I, I don't. Me, me and Wilson have sent out Humble thousands Brent, and thousands and thousands of tweets. We just scrolled down for like an hour of all the times Brenton has mentioned the word <laughs> humblebrag. Me and Wilson have combined to use that word once ever was in our history on Twitter, and it was Wilson. Oh, really? What I say? Let's see you it. said it was from October twentieth, twenty nineteen. Uh, it was a response to someone. With someone I know, or. You said I'm sitting in the press box 
and it was plain as day live. No idea how anybody thought that was a penalty. It was the Pitt Syracuse game. A play. Oh, God. So a game that no one watched. Then like somebody res- somebody responded to you and said, humble brag, because you said you were in the press box. <laughs> and you said, ha ha, sitting in the Syracuse press box against Pitt, no less, is the saddest humble brag of all yeah, time. That's right. That That's my initial thought as you said that again. Pitt, that Pitt-Syracuse game was something else. There it is. Uh, CBS dinner and looking at Sean Wagner McGuff wearing a polka dot shirt while talking about how much he works out. Realized how short he is and, and said he's the NFL version of Pete Blackburn. Sean's response. Well, we are both upper body buff. Sean Jim, Jim Humblebragger. Jim Humblebragger. Sure was, yeah. I, mean, I assume he still does it. Sean was a big time Jim Humblebragger. Yeah. He, he met a, he met a fan at the gym. He said a, a pick six fan. In fact, that's a humble brag right there. He said, I was at the gym and met a pick six listener. Yeah. That's a pot. That's a humble brag. Anytime you start with, I was at the gym. So I was at the gym and then this happened. If your, if your story starts with, I was at the gym or I was running or I was, you know, doing something. Lifting weights. Yeah. Beating up bad guys. Reading anything. a book. <laughs> reading a book. <laughs> the book thing is a joke, man. <laughs> the book thing is a joke. That's- uh,. All right, is that a wrap? Brinson's big on rating the humble brags too. Like this is a seven point five out of ten on the humble brag scale. Yeah, on the scale. Well, uh, again, this is someone who search Twitter. All right, let's get out of here. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I enjoyed this last part the best. Thanks for the question. <laughs> Probably me. It's just I'm worried that people will find it more pedantic and ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's a humble brag. <laughs> okay, that's a humble brag, I guess. Uh, all right, thanks for listening. You guys are the best. Talk to you later. See you on Tuesday. You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If. Ready PG.